Walsh has got it, swinging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys, welcome back to the ninth edition of the In The Stand Show. Today, we are looking at the Australia Test Series against the West Indies and the FIFA 23 World Cup. After a pretty abysmal T20 World Cup campaign, the Aussies look to bounce back. And to do this, they had to do this in the Test Series against the West Indies here in Australia. This series is a best of two matches and the first match was played at Optus Stadium in Perth. And the second one is going on right now at Adelaide. We'll cover both of these games and to kick us off, we're going to have a look at the first test. The Aussies faced the West Indies at a decent Optus deck in Perth. In Australia, Australia previous game, they uh, faced Sri Lanka in the last test game and uh, they copped a pretty tough loss. But this was a long time ago and, you know, the boys probably going to have a look, look to bounce back from that series and... West Indies defeated a poor Bangladesh side in June. So both of these teams haven't really played a, a test match in a pretty long time for about a couple months. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. And uh, Australia probably have the upper hand because, you know, it's a home deck. You know, they're used to these conditions, the hot. West Indies probably used to these conditions as well, the Caribbeans, you know, nice and hot. Um, so... It'll be interesting to see how this test pans out. So the Aussies start off, started off with the bat in Perth, seeing opener David Warner heading to the sheds after only making five runs. But from there on, the first batting innings for Australia looked impeccable. Other opener, Usman Khawaja, went out for, eight, uh, for 65. And Minus Labashane came in and he just teed off. He went out for 204 runs. But on the other end of the pitch, Steve Smith made it a stunning 200 not out. Coming in at number five, Travis Head went out for 99 runs. And, you know, that's just heartbreaking. You know, you make all that effort and you bat terrifically and you just get bowled for 99 runs. It's just pretty tough. But, you know, he will look to bounce back. And Travis Head's a player like that. He can bounce back pretty easily and go out here to 100, 150. Next test. Captain Paddy Cummins declared... After the wicket and uh, to sum up that in- innings, it looks spectacular for the green and gold. You know, it's four for 598 heading into the next innings. You know, they will just look like they were cruising. And I think they'll continue to do that for the remainder of the series, no matter where, whether it's in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide. They just cruise on the bat and it's something that uh, the Aussies are really good at. Um, yeah, so now we'll have a look at Australia's bowling innings in that test uh, they took their time, but eventually they knocked over the West Indies. Overall, they 
knocked them over for 283 runs. Mitch Stark and Captain Paddy Cummins shared the leading wicket holder in this innings, getting three wickets each. Nathan Lyon took two wickets and Joshy Hazelwood picked up just the one wicket. Part-timer Cam Green took a wicket as well. So, you know, this innings looked good for, for, for good for Australia from a bowling perspective. Each bowler got a wicket and gives gives the West Indies a little chance heading into the next innings. You know, we gave them that time to get, make those runs and... um the Australian batsmen will look to bounce back and, you know, create that huge lead that I reckon they can do pretty easily. The Green and Gold came in for a bat in their next innings, looking to extend their lead of 315 runs. Opener Usman Kawaja was the first to make his journey back to the sheds after a six-run stint. And other opener David Warner missed just short of a half century of 48 runs. Minus Labuschagne also performed in his second innings, going for 104 runs and 110 balls, which Tesker is pretty good. He's teed off, you know. He's not wasting any time. He finished not out. And Steve Smith only made the 20 runs before Cummins called the boys in and declared for a solid 108 for two, 182 sorry, for two wickets. The West Indies needed 497 runs to get the win, and all odds were against him, as they should. The Aussie bowlers took their time to get the windies out, and... We got them all out for 333 runs. West Indy captain Craig Braithwaite teed off, seeing him with 110 runs, this being the high score for the runs for the West Indies. But the visitors gave the Aussies a tough second innings and made that game a bit more competitive. They would hope to make amends on this in the next test under the lights in Adelaide. But from an Aussie bowling perspective, Gaz and Nathan Lyon took a stunning six wickets and part-timer Travis Head got two as well. Hazelwood and Starkey only got, only saw a wicket each and um, it looked like, it looked like um, it was a pretty spinner, um, pretty spinner-based wicket. Eight of the ten wickets came from spinners and with the, uh, um, no Paddy Cummins left out of the bowling attack due to injury, I think they had to rely on the spinners a lot because it was only Josh Hazelwood and um, Stark and uh, and part-timer Camp Green to get the wickets. So, you know, they were relying on Gaz and uh, Travis Head to get those wickets, uh, which they did pretty easily. Uh, they capitalised on it, looked good, and um, got got the West Indies down, got the win. Took their time, but, you know, got the win. That's all that matters. Overall, a great test for the Aussies, but the West Indies are going to have to do a lot of work to bounce back in the day-nighter in Adelaide, which is going on now. And that's what we're going to have a look at now. Yesterday kicked off the pink ball test under the lights at Adelaide Oval, seeing the Aussies having a bat for the second time in this series. Skipper Paddy Cummins missed out on this test due to injury and other pace bowler Josh Hazelwood misses out due to general soreness. But to come into the bowling attack is Queenslander and pink ball specialist Michael Niso saw himself coming to the squad last test series in the day-nighter in Adelaide against the um, the Pommies in the Ashes. And also, Scotty Boland was brought into the attack after his, you know, stellar performance at the G. He was just incredible in that game. And um, he got the crowd up on his feet at his home deck. Uh, one that missed out was Dry Richardson. I thought he was maybe one to take Josh Hazelwood's role he was good with the bat against England last uh, test series. He he teed off, you know, hitting hitting boundaries with pink balls uh, as a bat, 
as a bowler and he could take wickets as well. You know, he takes time, but he gets the wickets. That's all that's all that matters. And um, one that probably should should have probably been in that side, but they've opted for Scotty Boland. Australia's top school, scorer as well batting was minus Labuschagne with 163 runs going back to back to back with centuries and Travis Head getting his century with 175 runs. Steve Smith went out with a duck and, you know, Steve Smith, he's not one to go out for a duck. You know, he makes his runs and he does it pretty smoothly and for his standards, pretty poor from him. But um, he'll definitely bounce back and he's not one that will uh, it'll let him affect him. He'll definitely go into the next test and next innings and he'll just tee off and make sure he makes amends on that uh, duck. Also, we ended up declaring for 511 runs for seven wickets. Some of the uh, some of the bowlers had a little stint. Michael Nisa went in for a bit, made a couple of runs. I think he went out, um, but then called in, declared 511 runs. They came into the bowling attack looking pretty slow, but eventually we got our wickets. We had 402 before stumps with a wicket for Nathan Lyon and Cam Green and Pink Bull Specialist Michael Nisa grabbing two wickets and they continue their bowling attack at three o'clock. So continue listening after the break to hear a recap of me and my friend James's predictions on the World Cup and we'll see how that they're going so far. And that wraps up all the latest cricket news. So thank you for listening to the Intercept Show. I'll catch you after the break. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health We'll make you feel all right If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel all right Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street For a coffee and something nice to eat Yeah, the pizzas are great In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram in Station Street Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now It's a pizza It's a mystic pizza uh, Mark, it's Witch from Spiderbait here. Uh, are, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Uh, are you Are you talking to me? No. What I said is, are you talking to me? <laughs> well, I'm the only one here. So, who the hell are you talking to? Are you talking to me? <laughs> Listen in every Thursday night at six pm. If you're going away, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, 
Just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Tall. Real estate. Oh, yeah. A little real estate. We want more. Welcome back to the In The Sense show and now we're looking at me and my friend James's predictions on the World Cup and let's see how they're going so far. So first of all, James, how are you going? Not bad, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, to start us off, who do you reckon will win this year's World Cup? Well, this year in the World Cup, I am backing Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo. I think he's going to get the upper hand against Argentina and mm-hmm. Messi and I think... I think I really back Portugal this year. I think it's going to be their chance to win. Why is that? I don't back their defence. I mean, it's a bit shaky. Why do you reckon? Uh, well, I'm a Manchester United supporter and Diego Dallo, I reckon, is he's just been superb. Even for Portugal, he scored another goal and assist like two days ago. Yep. I think he's going to start right back. Yep. He's also very solid in defence and attack. You've got Jack and Salo, pretty star. Strong, and then Ruben Diaz. Yeah. Ruben Diaz in centre back. Come on, he's literally the best, one of the best. Who are they going to partner him with? Pepe. Yeah, it's going to be a bit, he's just... a bit shaky. It's a bit shaky. Uh, yeah, but I, I still, you still have to back him. I think. Fair enough. It's a decent call. So, who do you think are going to be the dark horses of this year's World Cup? Dark horses this year. I'm really backing Switzerland. I think oh. we we'll really get out of the group. And I'm thinking semi-finals. I don't. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping semi-finals. Probably more like quarter-final. But I think they're going to make it out of the group stage. Yeah. And round sixteen. I reckon they'll get out of the group stage as well. I mean, I reckon they'll beat Serbia. As Serbia's yep. defense, you know, it's a bit shaky. Um, but they got a good attack. But I think Mitrovic uh, out. Mitrovic is out, but they still got Dusan Vlahovic. So it's still, know. you know, they've got um a level of decency to it. Um. But I reckon Switzerland will do well as well and get out of that group stage. Um, next, yep. how do you reckon Australia will go? Oh, I'm, I'm basing my prediction off a bit more reality because I'm honestly I'm hoping they win the whole thing. But you've got to be a bit, you've got to be a bit realistic. Yeah. So I don't think I know people are saying like World Cup curse or this, but I really don't think Australia have what it takes to beat France. I think not even, even get, like, Denmark. I don't think they can beat. Nah, I, I don't Denmark think Denmark so. will get smashed. I really don't. But yeah, we'll get smashed by Denmark. But I reckon we can get a point from France. But I'm hoping, you, don't, I, you I'm, think otherwise, honestly, don't you? Yeah, honestly, I'm hoping, but I don't think it's going to work like that, unfortunately. I think we're going to go out in the group stage. Um, but, yeah, I think hopefully we'll give Tunisia a smack them a bit, hopefully. Yeah. 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 Denmark and France, I don't think we have what it takes. But That's a, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who do you think will be the biggest letdown? Biggest letdown. Well, favourite for the World Cup, Brazil. I don't think, I really honestly don't think they're going to make it. I think they'll get knocked out in the semis or quarterfinals. I don't oh, think they'll yeah. make it to the final. Jeez, that's a huge call. But they're, call, they're pretty I know. strong. They're pretty strong, like, everywhere on the pitch. I mean, they've got, like, 20, oh, they've got, uh, Allison and Edison to choose from as a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a strong back line, a strong midfield, a strong attack. <laughs> you don't reckon they can yeah. beat teams like Argentina? No, I think I think they'll get knocked out by Argentina in the semifinals. It'll be Argentina-Brazil semifinal. And I think Argentina want it more due to like their disappointment in the Copa America. Well, they won the Copa America, but years <laughs> prior, 
I don't. Oh, fair I really enough. don't think. I think Argentina just have what it takes. Yeah, I reckon they also have a bit of motivation because of Messi. This is the last World yeah. Cup, so yeah, you would love to see them do well. But it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plans out. See how the draw yep. works. So um, that wraps up the interview. So thank you for listening to the In the Sand Show. I'll catch you. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. And now we are recapping the predictions you just heard in that video, my friend James. So to start us off, we'll have a look at who we think will win the World Cup. I said Brazil, who lost this morning against a Croatian side that recently just got by by a scrape in the round 16 over Japan. Croatia always find their ways to produce at World Cups, and this year it looks like they're getting through by scrape, and, you know, they're getting it done, though, so that's all that matters. But Brazil, with a great side, great form, it's just extremely disappointing from their point of view. You know, they've got the expectation of winning, but... Now they can't. Uh, James had Portugal winning the World Cup and they're looking great. Great form and they face Morocco tomorrow morning, which they go in as favourites. And they look really strong and definitely World Cup contenders. You know, they played Switzerland the round 16, who came off a great win against Serbia, their rivals. And uh, you'd think they'd come in with a lot of heat. and But Portugal just shut them down and uh, ran all over them pretty much and got the 6-1 win. So, yeah, I reckon Portugal big favourites to win now. Next, James and I predicted our dark horses or underdogs in this World Cup. James backed Switzerland, who performed great in the group stage, overcoming big rival Serbia and Cameroon, but losing, but losing to Brazil in the group stage. They also lost to Portugal in the round of 16. Yeah, they pretty much got rolled. Uh, I picked Uruguay for the underdogs and... They were huge underachievers in this year's World Cup. They've got a really, really strong attack. And um, they, they've only scored two goals. They were very, very poor. And um, it would definitely hurt them. You know, they've got a lot of experience. And players like Suarez aren't going to see a World Cup again. And, you know, make, possibly make that, you know, semi-final, quarter-final. Make it interesting for them. But, obviously, this didn't happen. And... Uh, they weren't in the hardest group as well, and they only really had to face Portugal as the big dogs, you know. Um, but they didn't make it. You know, speculations of referees hurt them a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's a huge letdown, Uruguay. We both predicted the France v. Socceroos games, and James had the French dominating Australia, which happened. And he's got the first tip correct. Uh, whereas I had Australia getting a point against France, who we had we had that glimmer of hope with uh, Craig Goodwin slotting the first goal, giving the country a heap of hope. But the French has dominated us from there on, and James got the first one right. Um, James also said Australia won't make the round 16. And um, the Socceroos proved this prediction wrong. So it's, yeah, you know, that was last week, and uh, we made the round 16, and unfortunately didn't get the win over Argentina. But it was great for the country. Uh, the support behind it was impeccable. It was something you'd never see again uh, or you never see before in um, soccer in Australia. So it was great. Next, we'll have a look at the biggest letdown this year's World Cup. James said it's going to be Brazil. And first, firstly, it's a huge call. But it happened. happened this morning. They got knocked out of the quarterfinals and lost to a Croatia side that I don't think are anywhere near the level of that Brazilian side not to... 
uh, say anything bad about them. But um, uh, Brazil, you've got the likes of Anthony Neymar, Casemiro, Richarlison. That's just some of the plays in that squad. They've got them. Croatia have got a very old back line. And somehow they've only limited that Brazil attack to one goal. So, yeah, Brazil... Brazil were a big letdown. You'd think they'd make the final or the semi-finals at least as a minimum. Um, and they didn't. So, yeah, it was just interesting, that one. And I don't know what it was. They've got rid of their manager now. A lot of managers have left uh, international teams now. Uh, I think Belgium have lost Martinez. Spain have lost Luis Enrique. Um, now Brazil. So they've lost a lot of managers. And the next competitions will be really interesting. The Copa Americas, the Euros in a couple of years. And then the World Cup the following in the next four years will be really interesting to see how that goes. But that wraps up the um, the recap of the predictions of me and my friend James. Um, so now we'll head to an ad break. So thank you for listening to The Instant Show. I'll catch you after the break. Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam. Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune in to my fellow traveller, my comrade, Tor Larson's show, Sunrise on Super 8, every Saturday morning from 9am to midday on Radio Caram. Welcome back to the In The Sand show. Now we're looking at the World Cup quarterfinals games that happened this morning and predicting the other ones that will happen tomorrow morning. We're starting off with the Croatia v Brazil game where Brazil went in as extremely heavy favourites and they were expected to win this year's World Cup. After both sides were unable to put a goal away through normal time and headed to extra time where both sides put a goal away but the game was still undecided. Game headed to penalties. Livakovic, Croatia's keeper, Dinamo Zagreb keeper, has been a master at penalties at this World Cup and he's done it again. He saved them against Japan, and now he's on against a team like Brazil. Uh, saving, so he saved penalties, you know, secured Croatia's upset of Brazil and knocks out the favourites of the tournaments, and they they advance, and it's great for Croatia, and I, I back them, and it'll be great to see them get to another final and hopefully, you know, win it, but it's going to be tough. There's a lot of really good teams are going to have to face a strong Argentinian side next. So be, that will be a great semi-final. So, yeah, it'll be great. The next quarter-final, uh, heavily supported Argentina face the ne- face the Netherlands. After Lionel Messi put away a penalty and Molina put another goal away, the Argentinians had a comfortable 2-0 lead. But late in normal time, Weghorst put a goal away. And then after a, a very late free kick, the Dutch put a lovely fr- free kick strategy through. So Weghorst put the equaliser in. 
this game headed to extra time and no teams really wanted to find a winner. You could see they were sitting back. They weren't taking any risks. And um, teams tend to do that in extra time. That's why we don't see many end in extra time. Uh, so extra time's not really entertaining and you, you see that everywhere. So headed to penalties. And uh, Emmy Martinez, who showcased his penalty shootout talent in last year's Cop America, stepped up again for Argentinian saviour. Won him the game and keeps Messi's World Cup dream alive. And they face Croatia coming up in the semi-final and that's going to be a cracker game and yeah it'll be interesting to see how that happens next game tomorrow morning at 2am Portugal face underdogs Morocco Portugal dominated Switzerland last game winning 6-1 and they come in as favourites but Morocco look great this World Cup as if they're acclimatised to the weather conditions and they're backed with a bunch of supporting fans I think this game will go to penalties and we'll see Ronaldo's journey continue with Portugal getting the win on penalties. Uh, the net, the last quarterfinal, actually, uh, that's a blockbuster game at six in the morning with Euros runners-up England facing a very strong French side. France going to get into the game as favourites, but I think a lot of people under underestimating the English. You know, they, they know how to get to the late stages of international tournaments and they've got a really, really good side. A lot of people underestimated them as they couldn't get the win in the Euros. In the last World Cup, they made the semi-finals against Croatia and they were unable to get the win. But a lot of people aren't backing them. I think their side's still really good. They've got they brought in Jude Bellingham into the main squad and I think his, his talent is very fundamental for the, for the side and can definitely push them through to the semi-finals and definitely into the finals. Yes, France are good, but their midfield are lacking. And if you see England... England's midfield, you've got the likes of Jude Bellingham, uh, Mason Mount can play a role, Jordan Henderson's in there. The defence, yeah, you know, Harry Maguire's not the greatest, but you've got the likes of Eric Dyer in there, can definitely help them out, even though if he makes a mistake. Uh, but a lot of people are under- underestimating the English, and I think people shouldn't and should back him because I reckon they've definitely got a chance of making the semi-finals and finals, and their team, everyone's forgot about. But, yeah, France are good, and they're going to have to find a way to stop Mbappe. And uh, Kieran Trivia is going to have a lot on his lot on his hands uh, to defend a player like Kylian Mbappe. But I think that's going to be a great game, and I reckon it'll head to extra time, and it'll be 3-2 to England late goal. Uh, that wraps up the latest sport news. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand Show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Coming with win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Hagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a 